put on your face Know your place Shut up and smile Don't spread your legs I could do that But no one knows me No one ever will If I don't say something If I just lost it Would I be then? Monster scare them all away If I let them hear all I have to say I can't keep quiet Alright, here we go. This is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is, uh, March 6th, sweetie. Happy March 6th. Happy March 6th. What happens on March 6th? I don't know. I, I rest. Yes. And on the seventh day she rested. Uh, yes. Um, so, uh, this is Zen Parenting Radio. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to sprinkle in some conference stuff that we just uh, did uh, this weekend. So yay, conference. Yes. Uh, Academy Awards were last night. Yes. So we just, there's a lot, there's a lot that happened in the Adams household this weekend. (laughs) Um, But that uh, intro was by one of the people that were at our conference. Her name is Milk. And uh, that's the song that... She is best known for called Quiet. Best known for, but because she sang some of her new music off of her album that yep. just came off, uh, she just came out. She every song she sings is so powerful. And let me tell you something. Todd was playing me a song that our videographer, you know, caught at the conference. Yep. Her first one that she sang, which was a really. Personal. optimistic, oh, yeah. loving, um, you know, things are looking up, you know, I've, basically the chorus is I've never been so happy in my life. And because it's so honest, I still cry. There's, it's so interesting to me when someone is just telling their truth, you may not even be having the same experience as them. Right. You could be, and usually all of us have some experiences that overlap, you know, that's not, it just resonates. Mm-hmm. But it just makes me cry. It's and and I, at women's circle, whenever we have women's circle, and one of the women starts to cry, uh, which usually happens, I always say, "You're crying because it's truth. Mm. It's not you're crying because this is a problem or this is bad." But tears come when we tell the truth. Yeah. And there were a lot of tears during those songs. Are you crying? Yes. There's no crying. There's no crying, sweetie. There There's is no crying. crying in baseball. There was a lot of crying. There is crying at the Zen Parenting Conference. Yes, but good crying, like cathartic, like yes, Yes. crying. So um, a quick few things. One is uh, I have my men's group tonight, and I invited a woman named Diane. Do you know Diane, Mm -hmm. sweetheart? She is a friend, and she is in women's circle, too. And I'm saying this just because I want. she just started a chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. and uh, She, um, She started the Elmhurst chapter. Elmhurst chapter. And I'm inviting her to speak for a little bit and hope to have the guys come to a meeting 
that she is going, that she has created on March 21st. So uh, most of the people listening are not going to be at my men's group meeting this evening. So if you live in the Chicagoland area, specifically Elmhurst, uh, we'd love to have the more the merrier, right? So who, what are you inviting them to? The men's group no, or to the, not the, men's to the group. mom's demand? To the mom's demand on March 21st at Bethel Church on St. Charles, uh, 315 East St. Charles. Yeah. I yeah. felt the need to uh, promote that because it's something that we believe in. Absolutely. Um, so, and then I do want to talk about one of my partners, Kind Snacks, our partner, sweetie. Correct. Um, do you like yummy things? Of course. Um, so Kind Snacks, they are healthy snacks using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce. Um, you get 10 Kind Bars for free. I love free stuff. My name is Thrifty McSaves a lot. That's not my birth name. It's pretty close. That's my nickname. Uh, all you got to do is pay shipping. So when you order the sample box, you also get to try the Kind Snacks Club where you receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members-only bonuses. Um, kind Snacks made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. And gluten-free, low-sodium, no-sugar, alcohols. It's all good stuff. So mm-hmm. make sure you visit kindsnacks.com slash zen. All right. Um, what do you want to start with? Well, I just would like to talk about Cheryl Strayed. Um, That's a good first, idea. Let's, basically, it, it, with this conference, I'm just gonna we'll just go in order of who spoke because all three of them were amazing and so timely. Like the, the discussion that I had with so many people this weekend, um, you know, people who approached us and were so appreciative of being able to be in the presence of these these speakers, they were like, gosh, each one of them is so timely. Like I needed to hear that message now. I I needed to hear that message now. I needed these people in my life right now. And I really have a deep trust in that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think every single one of the speakers spoke about and they called it, they all called it different things, but trusting your inner wisdom or Mm -hmm. yourself or your inner GPS. We talked a lot about that. And just kind of, you don't always know where things are going to take you. Can I you know? can I interrupt real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, to that end, yeah, you don't know where things are going to take you. Um, we had another speaker lined up, and there was a conflict. So you and yeah. I were like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do?" Correct. And that created the space for what what we had, what we ended up having, exactly. And that's like I said to you last night: the universe is conspiring to help you, exactly. And that doesn't mean in that moment we're not like mad because the problems, because uh, we now have to deal with another challenge, but it all worked out. And th- and that's kind of, that's exactly what I mean is that I just, I feel like I can say these things to my children with authenticity. Yeah. Sometimes the things we say to our kids, is v- it's very cliche and, you know, things like, oh, you know, you've got to trust your gut and you've got to, um, you know, when, when feelings come up, you know, trust them and deal with them or your body's talking to you. And now everything I just said, I believe, and I do my best to practice. But a lot of times as parents, we aren't living that, but we're just passing on cliche statements to our children. Or if it's not cliche statements, it's expectations that aren't um, fair. Like, we won't talk to our boss about challenges we're having, or we are unwilling to stand up for people in our workspace or in our social space, but then we tell our children to stand up to a bully. Yeah. Like the, our willingness and ability as parents and adults to practice a certain kind of heart-centered life, 
you know, because there's no way to really sum up what it is because it's a really moment to moment practice, mm, right? It's sure. not like I am this. Yep. It is like these are the choices I try to make on a day to day, moment to moment basis. If your children see you doing that, then when you say things to them like, you know what, this fell apart, but there is, as my Angela would say, there's a rainbow in this cloud. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And let's have a good cry about it because it's still disappointing. It doesn't mean, you know, as we've talked a million times, it doesn't mean leap over the pain, feel the pain, but have some trust that there might be something bigger at, at hand here. Well, and it also happens, it's, it's the long play. And I didn't mention this at the conference and I kind of wish I did. And I don't know if it would have come out right, but like if you can encapsulate, like sometimes parents or people, forget about parents, they'll try something new and say, oh, it doesn't work. Right. You have to, it has to be a part of you. Correct. And I'm, it's not what, a technique. Yeah. It's yeah. not a technique. So what am I talking about? I'm, I'm talking about patience, compassion, empathy. If you try it for a weekend with your partner or your dad or your daughter, it's not going to work. It has to be a part of you. And that doesn't mean you don't screw up. Obviously we all screw up, but so if somebody's like, oh, I tried that, it doesn't right. work. Well, if you're trying it, then it's something that's already outside of you. Right. It needs to be in you. And the technique, I had a, the, another um, thing, there were two women who stopped me who said similar things this weekend. Um, I did a pre-conference pre workshop about how to be brave. And a lot of the things that we talked about in the pre-conference workshop was authenticity, you know, integrity, congruence in your life and being a certain way with your children that you are with everybody and yeah. that you are with yourself and a, a comfort level with yourself that you then show up as that person for your kids instead of being a role. And that's authenticity. Correct. But a few of the women that I spoke with afterwards, they said, you know, I've just started doing that. Whereas maybe in the first 10 years of my child's life or the first 18, I was playing a role and I'm, I'm now showing up as myself. And they're really pushing back on me because they're saying things like, who are you mm -hmm. or what is this? And this is where Todd's point about the long haul or the, what do you, what do you call the, the long, long view, play, the long, long view, play is that. That doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to go back to being my inauthentic self to make you comfortable. Any shift, any dynamic change is initially uncomfortable. Yeah. It, even if it's a good one, you know, it is, it, it kind of creates a sense of, I don't know what to do next. Because the thing is, is when we're in roles, like say we argue all the time, mm -hmm. when we're in that role play, we know exactly what's going to happen. She's going to say this, I'm going to say this, or he's going to say this, and then she's going to say this. And we're in this like role play where we're it almost, we become comfortable in it because at least we know what to expect. When you shift a dynamic in relationship, the person in front of you doesn't know what to say next. Right. And so it creates a discomfort and sometimes an annoyance. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a second, I'm ready to fight and you're not going to fight with me. But to Todd's point, the long view is, is if you, if that truly is you and your integrity, there's nowhere, that's just the truth. Yeah. There's nothing to change. It is a, com it is helping the people that you're around develop a comfort level with the true you. Yeah. And even saying, you know, cause one woman said she's going through a divorce and her kids are struggling with her new authentic self. They're like, what is this? And saying to them, you can acknowledge, I know this probably feels different. Well, I, 
this might be tangent time a little bit. We talked a little bit about this yesterday morning at Panera. Okay. okay. A lot of women came up to me as they always do and say, my husband, my husband, and they're doing it because they love their husband and they're compassionate and they right. want their husband to be on a similar path. You know what I mean? So basically they're saying to you, my husband is not doing what you're doing or how do I get my husband to get on this yeah, path? Yeah, yeah, to get on mm-hmm. this path of whatever, self-awareness, insert your own word. And I explain, I, I, I confide in you, like sometimes I simply... I don't feel like I'm very good at answering that question mm-hmm. yet because there's so many variables. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. You and I talked about that because here's the truth, you guys, with with this is Todd is, may not have been doing the exact same things I was doing 10 or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. He wasn't reading the same books I was reading. He wasn't necessarily going to the conferences. He wasn't having the external experience of of wanting to learn all no, of these things. I was very logical, mathematical, evidence-based, not feeling-based. The but is when Todd and I met, I really, really liked him as a person and we were really good friends. And so when we got married, I was never I I was not we didn't have a relationship that had a lot of negativity or conflict or we had no emotional abuse again e- mm-hmm. against each other. You know, neither of us treated each other that way ever mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And I'm saying that because I what Todd and I discussed last night is I was in relationships prior to Todd where I would describe what I experienced was emotional abuse. And I don't know if those people could have picked up a book and then completely altered the way that they treated themselves, the world, and me. Maybe, and and I'm not when I say that, I don't say that with a hopeless stance. I'm not like, oh, it would have never happened. But I think sometimes the starting place is really key. Well, and it's funny because usually my advice to anybody, forget about moms or dad, anybody is role model the behavior Correct. that you yes. want to see. But it's possible that, you know, the, the handful of moms that stopped me have been role modeling yes. for years. Yes. And like, that's kind of tough for me. Like if you, but I don't know, because I always think I always quote Tony Robbins, um, you know, after a weekend of a conference of filling your cup, you you usually do make a shift. Yes. So there's a lot of people out there that were at the conference this weekend that are making a shift right now. Like today feels different than Friday did. Yes. Right, but it's um, but if it's just for a weekend, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, is not going to buy it. Right. So you have to kind of do it over an extended period of time to kind of, you know what I mean? Well, it's the exact same thing we were just saying before about when you show up as your authentic self with your children and they initially push back. Yes. The reason they're not, and I'm putting this in quotes, buying it is because it's new. Mm-hmm. And they're like, are you trying to you know, impose your newfound spiritual self-awareness wisdom on me? Because it sounds sometimes condescending. Yeah, right. The key is that if you are living it and not having to explain it all the time, yes. that's when you'll make a shift. This is, again, what we talked about a lot in the pre-conference workshop is this is not a knowledge-based thing. It's great if you have a ton of knowledge about what it means to be mindful, self-aware, um, live in your integrity, um, be you know optimistic. It, knowledge is great and research is great and I love it. But it's the application of it that that shifts relationships. Right. You know, practicing gratitude is not so you can demonstrate to your partner. Look at look at my really thick gratitude journal. How I write them right. down every night. That's just a knowledge you know, that's just a demonstration of you using your pencil. Mm-hmm. Is that gratitude practice then 
showing up as you being more grateful in these difficult moments. Right. And that, I think, you'll get less pushback from your partner or your kids. So this is a topic that is multi-layered and we can like peel the onion a million different ways. And I feel like it would be a disservice to what you and I talked about, uh, what we want to talk about today. Yeah, because so, I said Cheryl Strait and I haven't even gone into that. So I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully okay. talk about that stuff next week. Okay. Okay. But it is... It, just to, again, close that circle, as we always <laughs> Don and I had a hard time closing our circle at the end of the conference. We had all these different things we wanted to say. Um, is that the... Um, oh, sorry. I was going to say Cheryl, but to, to help you, but... No, I was going to say that the question, as we mentioned, that is most asked of us, and Todd already said this, is how do I get the person I love most to get on board with this? Sometimes it's the spouse. Sometimes it's the boyfriend or girlfriend. Sometimes it's an older child. Sure. You know, how do I get them to change? Yeah. And like Todd said, it's a huge onion with so many variables. But what we can tell you to make you feel like, okay, but give me some step is you just do it yourself. Yeah. And as... It's like, no, no, I, I want to it's help this fun. person. It's not as fun because I want to control them and give them the book and I want them to change. If you practice it and you love them from that place, you are giving them a greater opportunity for shifting than handing them a book. Yeah. So, okay. So close that circle. Yep. Cheryl. So first of all, I was so excited to meet Cheryl Strayed because as I, I was able to write her a letter and tell her how much she's impacted my life. And if you came into my house and you saw my vision boards, she's somewhere everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, her quotes, um, you know, pieces from her book, advice she's given other people that I've written down. And the reason why Cheryl has been so impactful on my life is she, you know how I, I always talk about my love language Sweetie, being words. Who's, who's Cheryl? Who is Cheryl Strait? Not everybody knows. Oh, well, I feel like, uh, yeah. okay. So Cheryl Strait is the author of Wild... She's the author of Tiny Beautiful Things. She is the author of Torch. She is a, she was a Dear Sugar columnist, and now she has a podcast called Dear Sugar with Steve Almond. Um, most people know who she is because she, she, uh, Wild was actually chosen as an Oprah book club. Oprah re restarted the book club 2.0 mm -hmm. because she wanted Wild to right. be read. And of course, it was made into a movie with Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern and so I think a lot of people do know who Cheryl is. Got it, you but know, not everybody. So she's out there and covering the, from them for them. Got it. So anyway, for that reason, I because words are so important to me, um, as Todd will agree and attest, <laughs> <laughs> too important to me sometimes to Todd because I I really have to hear things a certain way for it to um, feel right to me. Like they have a an energy and. That's the thing about the way Cheryl writes is I don't know if she would say, oh, yeah, Kathy, I'm exactly the same way, but she sure writes that way mm -hmm. because her um, her language is so articulate and so warm and so on point, as my college students would say. And it's and as I said on stage when I introduced her, it's honest. So she doesn't hold back. She's right. if someone is not making a good choice, she will say, is this the right thing? You right. know, she she she's not trying to make everybody feel good all the time. It's like, you got to own what's yours. Yeah. But she does it in a compassionate way and you can hear her voice. She has this, you know, even without me meeting her, which I have now, thank goodness, but I felt like I knew 
kind of what her personality was. And what a gift, you know, that's integrity on the paper, Yeah, you know, on the, in the book. So I was so excited to meet her. And of course, a lot of times people say um, things like, you know, be careful when you want to meet someone you really admire. But I mean, she's fantastic. Well, she's and, so kind and, and so normal. And grounded. I was going to so say. And so grounded. And so, so, um, I just felt comfortable in her presence. That's all I can say. Well, what I loved is her vulnerability yes. from stage. Yes. Um, she doesn't come off like she knows it all because no, she doesn't, because nobody do. does. Um, and we didn't get a chance to kind of close the conference the way we were hoping. There was kind of a lot of different variables. variables. But one of the things that I wrote down that she said, and it was regarding how to be the best version of yourself. Okay. What she said was that she's been too, she's been loved too well not to. Oh. I, I sobbed through so much of this weekend. I was a met that I knew exactly what she meant by that. Well, and that's kind of like uh, we closed it with Maya Angelou's quote about um, how you have all these people, yes. generations of people you energetically are on your side, dead and alive, dead and alive. And Cheryl was talking about she her she talked about her mom most of her yeah. keynote, and her mom didn't have a lot of financial means to support her, but my goodness, she supported her emotionally in, in the best of ways. She, and that quote in itself, you know, I was loved too well to not be the best version, be the of, best version of myself. Like that is what, it's not even, a, I have everything I need. Yeah. I was loved well. Yeah. And a lot of times we think we need external things or we need it, you know, um, we need that because obviously her mom passed away. Mm -hmm. I need her still here physically telling me that. You got everything you needed. She showed up for you in every way, shape and form while she was here mm -hmm. and you had that time with her. Right. And so a lot of times people will hear this a lot. And I, I definitely had this experience with my own father who passed away. But, you know, people will say, when someone you love passes away, you almost feel like a closer relationship with them because a lot of those obstacles that were in the way, maybe with personality or with just regular human issues or conflict or separation, just distance, right. that fades away. Mm -hmm. And what you what you hold on to and what's inside of you is everything that you were given, being loved well and being seen, not in a perfect way, but in a perfect enough way. Yep. Um, and, and that was beautiful. And one of the things that I uh, really appreciated is that she, um, she obviously shared her story, which was amazing. And then uh, she took questions and, you know, I was, I knew people would ask questions, but before people even started raising their hand, I was like, dear sugar is here yeah. in front of you guys. I mean, people, they, her podcast gets thousands of letters and they can't get to yeah even... they get to one one hundred though you know maybe one out of a hundred exactly so and so to have sugar in front of you as an opportunity to get some some straightforward honest compassionate advice yes and out of the box like she sometimes takes it in a new direction where you're like okay now that makes sense to me so all these people got to ask questions and what I loved is that there were two or three teenagers who yeah. asked her questions and again for those of you who don't know this Todd and I really focused this year on having uh, parents bring their teens. And a lot of, a few people brought their kids who were 12, you know, preteens, which to me, that's a total parental decision. Sure. I, I knew that the content of some of the discussions was more appropriate for, you know, preteens and teens, yeah. meaning, you know, I knew that the stories that all three of our speakers were going to be telling were a little more mature. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like 
a lot of times parents go to these conferences and then they try and go home and relay this information to their kids. Why not just allow them to experience it for themselves? Right. And then then all you have to do is, is say, remember on Saturday when? Mm-hmm. You don't have to explain it. Well, that's kind of, we started the discussion about the wives wanting their husbands to get on right. board. Think how hard it is to convey the energy of the weekend. The depth and the emotion. To somebody who wasn't there. It's really hard to. It is. So. And you know, that's what, that's probably the feedback I got the most about all three of our speakers was, you know, different people were excited about different people, or I thought this would be most important, or I assumed this would be most important. And everyone was so surprised mm-hmm. by everybody. Like I had no idea this person would say this or do this and impact me in this way, or I had no idea I needed this information or this song from Milk. And so I think we can't assume, and, and let me say this for myself, because I go to conferences and speakers and do this too. It's not always just ours, where you assume this is really what I need and that's all I need. Yeah. Sometimes you need to let yourself have the experience and just see what happens. Yeah instead of assume this is what will happen. So we could probably do a whole podcast on Cheryl's keynote, but we can't because we want to talk can't about our we? other. No. Yes, okay. Um, and then I do want to talk about my second partner, um, Health IQ. What Health IQ is that they sell life insurance and everybody should get life insurance, by the way, term life insurance. At least that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Not None of that whole life stuff. Anyways, let's not. Yeah. Dwell on that. Yes. Um, they help. They help health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, yogis, vegans, vegetarians get lower rates in their life insurance. It's kind of like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver. So I did some comparison shopping, and I'm saving a lot of money because I actually use Health IQ. So this is what you need to go to do: go to healthiq.com/zen to learn more. So go over there. All right. Milk. All right. So she was our second. She was our second. So Cheryl was amazing. It's just a um, uh, a pleasure to say that I know her now because she was everything and more. Um, And then we had a break. We had lunch. And then Milk came on. And Milk was going to do, not was, did a keynote and singing, which I knew that that was going to happen because that's really why I wanted her at the conference because I had seen her at Emerging Women last year. And I, um, you know, those of you at the conference heard me say this already, uh, but last year at the end of the 2017 conference, I played a video about women and the things that women had done that year that were changing things. Um, And the very last scene of the video that I played was um, Milk singing at the Women's March. And, and at that point, I mean, maybe I knew her name, but I just, that scene was powerful, sure. you know? And then um, I was so excited to see her at the Emerging Women Conference. She gave this amazing talk about her story, so articulate about her story. And then her voice, I kept saying to people, just wait till you hear her sing. Like, it's not about listening to just her song on the internet or, you know, streaming it. I want you to hear her live. Yeah. And so she, I was lucky enough to meet her manager and she said, yes, she liked, just like Rob Bell, um, Rob Bell said yes to us a few years ago coming to our conference. Cause he just liked the words Zen parenting. Yeah. And he's like, that's interesting to me. And Milk said the same thing. She said, when my manager said Zen parenting, I was like, I got to do that. <laughs> Sweetie, you had wisdom beyond <laughs> your years when you decided to call this Zen parenting. Well, so that made me laugh. So anyway, she, um, what her story 
was, what's the word where everybody is listening so intently? Um, maybe that engaged, engaging. And what I what I noticed was the teens. We were all engaged, no matter what age you were. But the kids were leaning forward as like toward the light, yep. like. Here is someone who is not a parent. She's yep. young. She's in her 20s. I mean, yep. she's just getting started. And she has this story that speaks their story so articulately with so much confidence. And they were just enthralled. Mm-hmm. And then she sang and everybody just cried for about a good 30 minutes. <laughs> 25 minutes or so. <laughs> um, what... I knew she was going to be a good singer. I did not know how engaging of a speaker mm-hmm. she was going to be. She just told her story, but every nobody left the room. Nobody went to the bathroom. I mean, no. it was pretty impressive. Um, but the one thing that I thought was cool, she talked about her story about being on The Voice. The, yes, the, she was on The Voice. The TV show, The Voice. Yes, th- that was powerful. And that's the one where if you qualify or if you're whatever, quote unquote, good enough, they'll turn their chairs around and then you move on to the next level or whatever it is. Well, they none of the three turned their ter- um, chairs around. Four. Four. Oh, there's four of them. And um, she talked about how before that she was being kind of coached to sing a song a certain way. In an R&B style. And uh, the quote that I wrote down, she said, if anybody ever judges me, it's not going to be because it wasn't me. Right. Because basically she had this song, you know, I Can't Make You Love Me, Bonnie Raitt song. She sang it. She was with this vocal coach and the vocal coach was like, take it R&B. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't Milk didn't necessarily think of herself as R&B, nor was that the way she would naturally take it. But she's got this vocal coach saying, do it this way. Mm-hmm. So she went out there and sang it that way and no one turned around. Yeah. And so she's. And then I think Adam Levine said, I, I, You're I a good singer, it. but I wasn't feeling it. So, talk about a wonderful lesson for every human being on this planet. We talked about authenticity in the beginning of this show. That's all this is. Mm-hmm. It's just be yourself. Um, and then there was another part, and I won't do it justice, but she talks about her dad a lot. Mm-hmm. And her dad. Um, was had certain expectations of her. Wanted well, her to be a physician. Physician. Mm-hmm. And then the story came full circle and uh, he said, will you teach me how to play the guitar? Yeah. And that's when I felt like I just got punched in the gut. Like yeah. it was... In a, a good way in punched a, in In a good way. Like my heart, my 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 throat went in my heart or whatever. I had a lump in my throat. Your heart was just all over the place. It was. Your heart spread. Well, and I... That is what is so interesting is a lot of times when we show up as our as our full selves, meaning we are being exactly who we came here to be, it may not fit into the norm. And people may say, that's strange, or I, I would rather you go this path, or this doesn't feel comfortable to me because this wasn't the expectation of my of the previous generations or whatever it may be. But what's interesting is when you are being that person, then people can come to you when they have, let me explain it this way. So she, she obviously said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to become a musician. She became a musician. And then so every creative impulse that her, that her own father had about wanting to learn an instrument, he knew who who to go to Mm -hmm. because he knew who authentically the musician was and he could learn from her. And I told a story at the, the conference that, um, my mom had this dream about her own parents who have both passed away and it was pretty intense and had, um, 
you know, some, some brought up a lot of feelings for her. And because I'm always talking about my feelings and talking about those experiences of people passing over and everybody, she knew exactly who to go to, to talk about it. Now she talked about it with other people beyond me, but initially she was like, Kathy will understand this. And that's the same, you know, and, and it's like, that's not why we do these things, but when you show up as yourself, people look at you as that source of energy and um, connection for them. They're like, that's you will understand this aspect of me because that's who you are. And it allows, it gives them permission to then look at that part of themselves more deeply. No doubt. It's it's like they they drive some confidence from you. Like if you talk about this all the time, I'm having this, is this what this is? Mm-hmm. And that's, I still, I seek that, you know, that's what we did all weekend is you're listening to these three speakers say things where they're giving you permission to own those parts of yourselves. Where when something resonates, again, as we always say on the show, if it resonates, it's not because someone taught you something new. It's because they reminded you of something you knew. Mm. And so all of a sudden, that's what brings the tears and brings the confidence to live your most authentic self. Well, we, um, you know, we're going to talk about our three keynotes today, but we also had Annie and John on yes. Friday night, yes, um, who are friends, Annie Burnside and John Duffy. And you know, Friday, the way the conference is set up, Friday is kind of like. I don't know, Kathy and Todd's and Zen parenting, Zen parenting yeah. time. And then Saturday is, you know, just about the speakers pretty much. Uh, but, you know, Annie and John basically, you know, if there was a theme, authenticity, non-judgment. Um, well, we made the question that we started off with, most of it was Q&A, but the question that I asked both of them initially was, what is brave parenting? And brave parenting is showing up as yourself and then you know, as they kept talking about both of them, the paradox of love them and hold them tight and let them go at the same time. I think Annie actually said that specific thing, stay close to them and let them go. And living that paradox and allowing that to breathe. And, you know, and I love Annie and John because I know the, I know both of them very well. And they're, as far as their, that undercurrent of what are they trying to teach? It's the exact same thing but they both have a different style. They Each of them have a style and how they teach it. So it's kind of like you're getting the best of both worlds. You know, if you think more in this way, then this is going to penetrate. If you think more this way, this will penetrate. What Annie said over, you know, many times, she's like, I know this is a little esoteric mm-hmm. and John comes from more of a practical. Yeah. And more of a, you know, psychologically, he's a psychologist, even though he has the spiritual and Annie totally gets the psychology. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is it's, it's, it's just like I was saying about Cheryl, about, you know, how the words are so important and how when someone hits on words that helps you understand something about yourself and they actually give you a way to articulate it, it's like freedom. Yeah. You know, you're like, that's it. That's what I've been trying to express. And and I haven't been able to let that out. Like um, there's this one thing we did at the beginning of the conference, I think on Friday night before introducing us is I put in a video of this little girl that mm. it went viral about a year or two ago. And it's this little girl telling her mom how she needs her mom and her dad to be friends and how she wishes that they could just smile more and that, you know, could they live in their heart more? And this girl just articulates these things so clearly beyond her years Mm -hmm. that you know she's channeling something. Using three-year-old language. Yes. 
Yes, like I mean, talking about what amazing. we call monsters. Yes. Like, you know, some people laughed at that part, like when she's like, what will happen? Well, you know, if we're not nice to each other, we'll all become monsters. And everyone kind of giggles because she uses the word monsters. But is she not correct? Right. Is, does that word not work? Of course it does. If we start, and she said, we'll start eating each other. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what she means by that. Yeah. We will start, you know, we will, instead of accepting each other and connecting, we'll start hurting each other. Attacking. Attacking. So it was so, and then at the end of the video, it's so beautiful because it's almost like the channel stops. You, you can see it. And you can see it. And she becomes like a little girl again, like, uh, you know, it's almost like she doesn't even remember what she just said. Right. But it was, she had the words that reached her mother. Yeah. And we'll put that, if we can find that on YouTube, sure. we'll put oh, yeah. that in the show notes because okay. it is pretty powerful. It is. Um, anything else about milk? I mean, like I said, same thing with Cher. I mean, we could do a whole show on milk. I mean, I there she moved people so much, and my daughters have a new favorite recording artist. So do I, man. Just because her style of music, uh, I know sometimes I like loud bands and all that, but I I like it when I can hear the words of songs yes. without having to work really hard. Yes, and that's the type of artist she is, and. Um, I'm, she's one of my favorites. She, me too. Like it, and but it always just makes me it it when my children are freaking out and they're 10, 13, and fourteen, and they're like, she is everything I've ever wanted from music. I'm like, what? Because I knew I already, you know, I was already a fan. But that tells you so much. Well, and I don't know diddly squat about the music industry and all that, but I I honestly felt that we're in the presence of somebody who is going to, if she wants to, mm-hmm. be. A household name mm-hmm. for sure, and if she is, that'll be crazy that she was at our conference. <laughs> no, uh, anyways. Um, last partner, um, care.com. What is care.com? It's the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. Uh, find care for everyone in the family, whether you need child care while you're at work or want to line up a date night sitter, which is an important thing for healthy families, which is date nights. I talked to the guys a lot about have a date nights. night with your with your partner. partner. Um, care.com provides variety of background check options you can purchase to help make the best hiring decision. So here's what you do. You can join for free as a basic member and start searching great local caregivers. Um once you upgrade to premium membership, you can reach out and schedule interviews and do all that other stuff. So here's what you do. Go to care.com slash zen and you can save 30% off of care.com premium membership. So visit care.com slash zen. So here we go. All right. Mike so, Damish. Mike Damish. Who is Mike Damish, my so, darling? So Mike Damish is a premier teacher um, when it comes to consent and sexual assault and um, relationships and sexuality and and how we discuss it, you know, among each other, you know, the our ability to be open about it and also how we take ownership for what we are bringing into the relationship as far as expectations, um, as far as how we're treating people and how, and again, the one thing that I really, he discussed a lot is how are you showing up for other people? Yep. You know, he spent a long time or not a long time, but he spent, he, he gave us some role modeling, um, of, you know, if you, if you, drove your car by an accident and someone was in danger, you know, like they needed help. Mm. 
would you not stop and call the police and, and make sure this person is taken care of? Why? As he says, and as we all know who listen to this show, because that's how we were hardwired. We are hardwired to connect and to help others. That is that is how, in, whenever, when people are like, well, I don't know if I would, we are created that way. Yeah. That is, we help when people are in trouble. So, And then he said, do we always do that? No, but that's because no. our thinking gets in the way. Correct. And but then he commented on, you know, so you're at a party, and he used he he remained really gender neutral. Mm-hmm. He used names that were gender neutral, so we didn't so we could uh, embrace all different kinds of relationships, which was really important. Smart, yeah. Um, but he was saying, you know, if you saw somebody at a party and they were drunk or making poor choices, or you noticed that someone was taking advantage of them and trying to get them drunk to get them in a certain situation, why would you not step in? Yep. And and that was the discussion we had is, aren't they in trouble? Or isn't that someone who is needing some support? And, you know, and he talked about how a lot of times we'll say, well, I don't like confrontation, but he really even pushed back on that because a lot of us are willing to have difficult discussions and confront a situation. Yet we're so, what's the word, Todd? We're so used to not mm-hmm. Um, playing a role in that situation or we're worried about well, what... And it like happens all the time. Like I think of whatever, you know, call it a college fraternity experience. Yeah. There's people always consuming alcohol and like, so we're going to stop it every single time. Whereas his example of, you know, you see an accident on the side of the road, like you don't have time to think, you just do it. You just do it, right. Whereas some of these other situations are so normalized. You're like, well, this, I can't do it every time, so I'm never going to do it. Right. And I think his invitation is, you know, empower ourselves with some of the wisdom that he had to share and to step up. And it, and it goes back again, this theme through Cheryl and Milk and Mike is the same, being in your integrity, like you have to wake up, like what choices are you making in that situation? You don't have to like come across as a bully and say, I'm going to you know beat you up, but to really maybe if it's a girl, let's just say it's a girl for this, okay. um, this conversation, because it could be male or female, but there's a girl who's been drinking too much and you notice that your buddies are handing her more drinks and they, you know, are obviously wanting to be with her yep. is to whisper to her, where are your friends? Can mm-hmm. I get your friends? Or do you need me to walk you home right now? Yep. Like you don't have to in, even intervene with the guys. Right. Keep the girls safe. Do something to get her friends there so they can keep her safe. And again, this can go vice versa. It could be a guy that you're keeping safe. But my my point is, is that we always look at it as being some like, you know, um, that we have to like somehow confront our buddies and tell them they're being horrible people when really there's ways that you can just be an instrument of um, keeping someone safe. You know what I got out of it? What? He, uh, in my, in our Friday night talk, I talked about, you know, the old adage of when you're, when I'm with a bunch of guys and they hear I have three daughters, they constantly talk about the shotgun over the fireplace thing. And my role is simply to intimidate any young man that may or may not come and take my daughter out on a date. And his take was, uh, instead of using the intimidation, you can say to this young man that's taking out my daughter out for a date is, you know what, in in our house, and our belief system, we treat each other with consent and respect. Mm -hmm. So if my daughter does anything to you to Mm -hmm. make you feel unsafe, um, please let me know. And by the way, I, you know- I expect the same of you. I expect the same of you. How different is that than- what is the traditional cultural response? 
because you guys may say, and again, you could shift that language to say, because uh, his the tail end of that was if you didn't want to say all that, like in our house, we practice consent. Hmm. You could say, um, if my daughter chose you to go out with, you must be a great person. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. You know, that's a very, it, that may come across more authentic, you yes. know, kind of like, I, you must be a great guy or girl because my child chose you. And that's such a good tool because a lot of times as dads want to do the right thing, but we simply don't even know the words to say. And and we come off on the the, the tough guy that, you know, I know you don't like to use the word toxic masculinity anymore, but that idea of that immature masculine where I'm going to demonstrate my power over you and basically threaten you with violence. So then you treat my daughter well, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to yeah. happen when you're not around? Right. And and the point that Mike was making is that guy is going to think you're an ass. Yeah. So he doesn't care what you think about him versus if you are a respectable human being to him, he will care. Yeah. Now, is that like, okay, guarantee he's not going to treat your daughter poorly? No, but you're giving your daughter some respect and giving this guy or this girl some respect that there is going to be mutual respect. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're creating a scenario that w- could probably unfold a little, a little better. Yeah. Well, and I'm, by the way, I'm still wrestling with the term toxic masculinity because I, I believe it, but I've been criticized quite a bit about that term. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I'm not going to continue using it. Immature masculine is a little bit safer, but sometimes I don't want to be safe. Can't toxic masculinity just apply to everyone and we not say guys have toxic masculinity? Like, isn't that kind of since we're all female, all male, and we have those pieces, Mm -hmm. can't toxic masculinity just be something that stands on its own? And it depends on the audience and it depends who you're talking to and it depends on what mood I'm in to think about what term I'm going to use. On Friday night, I think I was talking about the immature masculine versus toxic toxic masculinity, but I just wanted to be clear. Like I, I think that toxic masculinity is a real thing. Yeah. And I think that it's a problem that we need to address. Yes. So anyways. Yes. And yes. So one thing I'll say, and again, you may have more to say about Mike's amazing talk, um, is that one thing I heard after everybody had spoken and, you know, Todd and I, somebody asked me or more than one person asked me like, what year was your favorite? Cause we, this is our third conference. And the conferences have been like children where how can I say this was the best one, this was the best one, this was the best one, because they all had their own, first of all, the people that have been at our conferences have been so fantastic and amazing that I would never try and rate them against each other. That's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, but what I will say is happening is that people now know each other at these conferences. Not everybody. I mean, there's always new people and there's people who just, you know, who just would show up for part of the day. And it's not like it's a bunch of uh, groups of people that have like, you know, clicked off or anything, but there is a familiarity because we always have it at the same place. And there is some consistency in the themes and we have, um, you know, people that recognize each other. What was the theme of year one? Do you remember? Year one, let's get real. Uh, Let's get real. And year two, there was some let's get real uh, aspects, but it was more about bringing the light. I thought it was we are here. Oh, that's it. Yes, it was we are here. And then this year was? This year was- Force for uh, good. Force for good. Be a force for good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So that's the thing is like, 
there's always a theme and we try and kind of, you don't even have to try. You can, everything kind of always gels around the theme so well. Um, well and I have a hard time differentiating because at, after the first one, we were buzzing and on a high. We're right. like, oh my God, look what we kind of co-created. Year two, I'm like, well, yeah, year two was better than year one. And honestly, year three, I feel like was better than year two, but I feel like it's because it's the most recent. It's the most recent. And, but what I was going to add to that was it's getting, and again, I know this, I was saying before that I don't love food words, but it's richer. It's delicious. It's delicious. Um, It has gotten, it's, it's not about bigger. It's about, there's more depth to it. Mm -hmm. I just feel, um, I feel that it's beyond us. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The people are Which having- Which was the whole idea. The whole idea um, is creating a space for people to come in and feel comfortable. And, and and honestly, when we kind of created a mission statement around this conference, I wanted to meet people I respect and admire. And have, you, have you been able to do that? Yes. That's what I mean. Like that has been that, you know, you may say, oh, you know, it's just about the logistics of creating a conference. No, I had some personal desires. I wanted to- ask people that I respect and I wanted to meet them and say to them, you have changed my life. Yeah. And I have been able to do that. And that's fun. Um, and and also be able to be surrounded personally. Um, I spent a lot, a lot of my life uh, thinking I was very alone. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I didn't have people around me, but that the way I, I thought or viewed the world was not normal or wrong sometimes, or too spiritual, or um, or too esoteric, or you know, just not grounded enough. And so I tried to change myself a lot. And as we all know, that doesn't work out so well because then you get sick, and you know, mm-hmm. life. And so then, when you just embrace this is who I am, you recognize that there's so many people out there who are just who are looking for the same thing, like-minded community. Like what? Like-minded. Like-minded community. And so you have to be willing first to say who you are, Mm -hmm. to build and show up for a like-minded community. So to that end, uh, we do have the dates for next year. Yes. March 8th and 9th. March 8th and 9th. So in the show notes of this podcast, there's going to be a link of how to register for next year's conference. And we're doing an early bird special that I think we said is going to end this Friday. Yeah. I, originally I said a couple of days, but because yesterday I was so wiped and I didn't get all of this, all these emails sent out, mm-hmm. which you guys will hopefully forgive me. I was so tired. I took like a two hour nap in the middle of the day. Which I never do. Never do. Um, so we'll get uh, we'll get that email out to everybody and get it on social networking. But we'll have it up through Friday, and it'll be a hundred bucks off. A hundred bucks off. So. And you know, here's the thing. I am a mother of three children, so I know that a lot of you think, "How do I know a year from now that there won't be activities?" <laughs> here's my comment to you: There will be. Yeah. What you have to choose is: Am I going to do this? And then figure out how to handle things around the activities, or am I going to wait until 2019, February, whatever, and then decide whether or not it works with my family? Now, I know I say this because this was the first year all of our children could be at the conference for the whole time because every other year and so many activities that Todd and I do, our children have like band or orchestra or a sporting event. Things will conflict. Yeah, there's no way you're going to have an open weekend. Forget about it. But what you can choose is can I figure out a way to make that work for them? And can I figure out a way to if – the big if here is if you're like, I really want to go, put yourself 
in a position to go. Get your ticket and start creating that vision that you will be there. Yeah. And um, and just like every other year, we have Zen friends, we have scholarship programs, we give you discounts on the hotel, you know, we have a block. Like we can support you. But the first step is you saying, I can make this happen and put myself first. Yep. Um, and I, I just say that because I always get the same feedback, like, I gotta wait until I get the schedule or I gotta wait until and for those of you like one of the women who's on Team Zen, who's a single mom, she actually got a call. Um, she did all this work to come to the conference as a single mom. And on Wednesday, before she showed up, she got information that her childcare had fallen through. And she was devastated. And then she called her best friend and said, can you believe this has happened? Her best friend is like, why call me and let me help you. Like, ask me for help. I want to support you in because this. Because we feel better when we're helping people. Exactly. And guess what? The childcare came through for her and she got to come for the weekend. Like, a lot of times we're unwilling to ask for help and maybe coming to the conference is the practice mm. in asking for that support. There you go. That's good. All right. And... Um, so you want to go to yoga and it's 9.06. It is not. It is. What about the Oscars? Sorry. Can I just at least make a comment? Sure. I really thought they were great. Mm. And I did not even look at um, what everyone else's comment was about how Jimmy Kimmel did or, you know, everybody's got their viewpoint about this is good, this is bad. I'm not saying it was perfect, but I felt moved through a lot of those Oscar um, through the the montages they put together, yeah. the speakers, the people they chose to have it, you know, um, give the awards. I loved that they brought back Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway to do the award at the end. That was pretty funny. That was hilarious. I thought Tiffany Haddish was hilarious and Maya Rudolph was hilarious. I mean, I really, sometimes the show we fast forward through a lot, mm -hmm. we didn't fast forward through that much at all. Just some of the boring speeches. What about the most important part, which was that I beat you in the um, in who got the most right? Because that, that was pretty significant. No, it was bad, sweetie. And I really enjoyed that part. I'm sure you did. Soak it up because you're not going to beat me at anything until next year's Oscars. Oh, well, we'll just see about that. Um, what else? Team Zen? We have something called Team Zen. And it's a twice a month uh, Zen talk. It's a virtual, I don't know, what do you call it? It's a it's a virtual community. Yeah. I mean, basically, for those of you that come to the conference, and, and you can be local to do this. It does, you know, it's an opportunity to be with your community year round. So we have two um, Zen talks that we do a month, which are basically just Zoom. They're like podcasts, but you can ask us questions and interact with everybody who's on Team Zen. Then we have our Facebook page where everybody can interact and ask questions. And there was a lot of Team Zen members who were able to get together this weekend, and they they had a lot of fun. They were hanging out at the bar a lot, <laughs> I, I know, noticed. they were having a lot of fun. There's a few groups of women that know who I'm talking about right now. Oh, really? Yes. Were they hanging at the bar with you? Every time I turned around, I'd be like... Wow. They're on vacation, dude. I know. And my aunt was with them a lot of the time. That's Because um, she's on Team Zen, too. And so we just, we got to, uh, some of people on Team Zen we had met before, but some people we had the opportunity to give them a hug for the first time. And it's a, an amazing community. I mean, if you're feeling like you live somewhere where you just don't have a lot of people that 
maybe think or process parenting the same way you do, here's an opportunity to find your tribe. So we're doing another Zen talk, is what, that's what we call them, this Friday. So if anybody is not on Team Zen that wants to be on Team Zen, it's 25 bucks a month. And uh, you also get discounts in our store for some of the merchandise we and sell and things like that. And yeah. So check it out. Uh, so go to zenparentingradio.com and look for Team Zen. It's not hard to find. Um, I had a lot of other things I wanted to share, but I don't think that we have time to do that. No, so don't. you guys, maybe we'll have to finish up on our Zen talk on Friday. Okay. Um, I do want to finish with uh, the end of at least some more milk. I think that's fantastic. And let me say to Cheryl Strayed, to Connie Lim, that is Milk's name, and to Mike Domish, thank you. That's all I can say. We are so grateful for you. Thank you, Mike, Cheryl, Milk, John, Annie. And everybody who showed up this weekend. Yes. Being with you was an absolute honor. We're buzzing. Because <laughs> no one knows me. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.